Next on BYU Sports Nation, national relevance in a loss? BYU stays ranked despite a setback at UCLA. ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us live with his number one takeaway from the Cougars and Bruins top 20 showdown. Plus NFL and former BYU linebacker Spencer Hadley. Is he more optimistic or frustrated after Saturday? Hashtag beat Michigan. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, September 21st. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Sport Cuts' newest contributor. Jerem Jordan. I said a couple weeks ago I wouldn't cut my hair until BYU lost. BYU has now lost, so I'm going to get a haircut. I don't know how much of a haircut I'm going to get, though. And that's probably tomorrow afternoon. I don't have time today. You're not doing it today? No, I don't have time today. You're disappointing the people. Oh, no! It's the first (laughs) time ever! Yeah. (laughs) I had a conversation with... uh, At P underscore Norton. Oh, it's about time you met Preston. What's up, Preston? BYU's traveling super fan. And so we're, we're talking about the game, the dynamics outside of the Rose Bowl right after. And I said, you know, there is one silver lining. Jerem finally gets to cut his hair. And he's like, absolutely, that's the silver lining. And then he <laughs> tweeted about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? Are you, are you just going to cut the sides? I don't know. You're Rocky Hanneman or Kyle Collinsworth? The, Mac- the Macklemore? I'm not shaving it. Shave it! I'm no. not shaving it. No. I did all of us a disservice when I did that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out tomorrow. By the way, the Rose Bowl experience yeah. was amazing. The BYU fans they are great. Were incredible. You told me it would be this way. And I kind of had an idea of like, okay, yeah. It's, it was better than I thought it would it's be. It's the most legit BYU road experience out there. Because all the Southern California BYU fans show up. I mean, at Utah, you don't get that. At name the place, you don't get it. At UCLA is the best because those everyone makes it a Disneyland trip, too. My in-laws went. They had a great time. When BYU's three captains came out, I, I had my back Did turned you have to the my crowd. Ex- yes, you had my experience. I had the exact experience From you had. From I turned around, and I'm like, oh, UCLA's coming out of the tunnel. And it was BYU, dude. The three captains for BYU and the BYU fans going bonkers. They're, do you remember? Okay, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints used to have what's called road shows. Those don't exist anymore. You know what the road show is? It's BYU football going to your neighborhood. That's the new road show. Well the played. The people that are under 30 are like, what's a road show? Well played, BYU Sports Nation, showing up in hordes at the Rose Bowl to watch that game on Saturday night. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU falls by one point to 10th-ranked UCLA, 24-23. The Cougars drop from number 19 to 22, and the AP poll still ranked after a loss. And relevant, BYU at Michigan will be on ABC National, noon Eastern, early, this Saturday. Countdown to kickoff is live at 11 a.m. Eastern time from Ann Arbor and Provo. If you're local and you want to be in the studio audience, you want to watch the game on the 27-foot screen, the uh, audience seating is available. Go to BYUtv.org slash audience right now. Just opened up three minutes ago. Number nine, BYU women's volleyball won the Parkway Series in three sets Saturday night, led by the pride of Copper Hills High yeah, School. Ronnie Jones! 
Ronnie Jones, career high 12 kills for the freshman. She's the uh, Silver Siliaga of the Patriots and Ronnie Jones. That's what we got at Caprios, I guess. Jerem Jordan. <laughs> Number 85. Cross country, the men and women's teams won both the West Coast Conference preview meets. Con- congrats to them. They're both ranked in the top 25. I saw Ed Eyestone yesterday and said, well, congratulations on the big win. He's like, yeah, we were supposed to win. <laughs> on the, yeah. It's just what they do, man. It's what they do. Sometimes you you know winning is get, winning doesn't ever get old actually to me. It doesn't. <laughs> no. Winning's the best thing ever. On that note, rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The BYU Cougars ranked after a loss. BYU again as we just documented drops from 19th to 22nd after that one point disappointing, frustrating but still a loss to number 10 UCLA in the Rose Bowl. The Cougars did not trail the Bruins until three minutes and 20 second, 21 seconds remained in the game. <sighs> the loss obviously stinks a lot, but let's take a step back. That's what you have to do when you lose. With our Twitter question today. What did you learn about BYU football in the game against UCLA? Use hashtag BYUSN C, at CJ Hershey. Need better play slash depth on the D-line. Getting worked by physical experience O-lines. Can't just rely on starters. UCLA's offensive line is really experienced and really good. They, I, I don't know if many people recall what you brought up last week. The Bruins brought back the leading rusher in the Pac-12 and the most experienced offensive line in the Pac-12. Okay, BYU, here's the good news, people. BYU will not play a team as good as UCLA the rest of the schedule. They won't. UCLA is the best team on the schedule. Missouri looks mediocre right now. Oh, uh, not Sur- no, man. They look pretty impressive <laughs> in their 9-6 win against UConn. <laughs> okay. UCLA's running back, Paul Perkins, I told you this last week, is the best running back you've never heard of. He had, how many did he have? How many are 220? Two, 219. 219. 219. Yeah. First time BYU gives up a 200-yard rusher since 2001. BYU won't play a team with that as good uh, overall with the be- uh, better offensive line and running back than what they saw Saturday. Chunks, chunks, chunks. That's what happened against BYU. Nate Starks was great. The backup running back, BYU couldn't handle that. That ends up being the story of the game because Josh Rosen stunk it up. <laughs> BYU owned Josh Rosen. Three interceptions. What true freshman looked great on Saturday? Tanner Mangum did. 244, a touch and a pick. The guy, the guy outplayed. BYU statistically was supposed to win that game. You can point to all these different things, okay? But I want to take a step back like you for a moment. Let's rewind before the season. What if I told you, it sounds like a 30 for 30 promo. What if I told you that, that BYU would have, wouldn't have Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, would trail in all three of the first, in all three of the first games with under a minute left and would win two? ESPN presents Dreamin', a BYU football series. <laughs> what, how is BYU 2-1? and one? You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't look at UCLA and say, we should have won that game, and say that you should have won the first two. BYU should have lost the first two and should have won the third. But they are 2-1 and one and still ranked. This, this is, BYU's in a great spot to me because the, the uh, vitriol, anger, bitterness, sadness has crystallized into hope because BYU's playing good football right now. They didn't get blown out. They, they lost the game by one, which stinks. But everyone expects, in BYU Sports Nation expects BYU to win Saturday against Michigan. Stuart Mandel of Fox Sports said something very interesting late 
Saturday night or early Sunday morning, depending on how you want to look at it and where you are. He said this in his article and three takeaways from the game that he covered BYU at UCLA. While most teams with conference schedules have spent September loading up on Sunbelt and FCS foes, Mm -hmm. independent BYU has visited Nebraska and UCLA and hosted Boise State, and it came out 2-1. Not too shabby. Even an 11-1 BYU team would likely have a case for a top 10 committee ranking and a New Year's Six Bowl berth. And that's a long ways away. I don't even really want to get into the whole New Year's Six thing. BYU would have to win the remaining nine regular season games. Can they do that? Absolutely. I think that we've seen a lot of good things. Have you not seen enough to believe that? Are you not entertained? Yes, we're all entertained. And BYU is still relevant. Tanner Mangum just finished up 20 minutes ago an interview on the Dan Patrick Show after a loss. After a loss. That's how relevant BYU is right now. The reason I share that Mandel thing is just to further that point. BYU lost, but the national guys are all recognizing, hey, those first two wins weren't a fluke. BYU BYU can play. Yeah, BYU was the better team except for the last drive in that game, which stinks. You dominate possession. You have more yards. You are, what, plus two in turnovers, all that all that stuff. You get an onside kick, all that stuff. And you didn't win that game. That's a bummer. But if you look at, okay, through the first three, you're 2-1 and one with a true freshman quarterback who, by the way, what was I saying last week? The next step was the short throws, the timed throws. That's, Tanner Mangum was Dude. money on those. There, weren't, there, weren't a, there was nothing deep, and there were just a couple that were intermediate. But that's what UCLA gave BYU. The kid is and special. And it was working. Yeah. The kid is special. The, the throw he had to Mitch Matthews for a touchdown off of his back foot, on point. But the most impressive throw that I saw all night was late in the game on a third down. Tanner Mangum throws the ball like 40 yards across the field before Devon Blackman makes his cut, before he makes the break, on the mark. And I looked at everybody around me, and I'm thinking, did you just see that? Everybody was like, wow, that that is a big-time throw. And how about Adam Hine, everybody? Woo! Adam Hine is the man now for the Jamal Williams spot, the main running back. 149 yards. Jeremy, he's on pace to go for over 1,000 yards rushing. (laughs) 6.5 a carry, had a touchdown. The 28-yard run with the Taysom Hill leap was awesome. How about Harvey Longy? Now, the tackling was an issue for the BYU defense as a whole, but in terms of making plays, Harvey Longy with two interceptions, Kainakua with another interception. Kainakua... Has it become a force to be reckoned with in that secondary? I see a lot of positives here. Obviously, BYU can't have a hold with Riker Matthews on the 50-yard play with Mitch Juergens. You, you hope to get a first down and then win the game on third and five. Robert and I criticize. To be a coordinator is to be criticized. It's part of the deal. The BYU rush defense needs to play better. But I saw a lot of positive things for BYU. It's not like BYU lost by 10 at Wisconsin or Notre Dame and you thought, well, a couple plays here and there. This is a game BYU should have won. But instead of being bitter and angry about it, BYU's 2-1 with a true freshman quarterback with a chance to win three in September and then have four straight home games. Life is good. Life is really good right now for BYU football. They're in a really good spot. The number now one, I'm the positive one. The number one thing, I, even you're positive. That's, that's where we are. <laughs> even you're positive after that game. I'm feeling great. The number one thing I noticed at the Rose Bowl after the loss had a bunch of conversations with coaches and players, is that, yes, BYU was 100% frustrated, emotional, 
disappointed naturally, but confident and determined. This is a direct quote. I won't tell you who said it, but a direct quote from one of the coaches. Can we get on the plane right now and go play Michigan? They're anxious, itching. In fact, Travis Tuiloma tweeted that he's hoping to be back. You know, he's been hanging out in the training room as much as possible. I'd be shocked if Tuiloma was ready to go, but he makes a difference on that defense. Hopefully he can be ready. If he's not 100%, don't play against Michigan. There's a, it's a long season. In fact, we've only played three of the 12 regular season games. There's a lot of football left. The Cougars 100% expected to beat UCLA. 100%, which is why the disappointment was so real. They led the game for 56 minutes and 39 seconds. Or were tied. Or were tied. They did not yes, trail. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. They did not trail for most of the game. What did you learn about BYU football in the game against UCLA? That is our Twitter question today. Let's hear from you. Back to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Greg Crab said that if our defense is focused and wrap up, they are scary good. Yeah, if, if look, if BYU plays decent rush defense on Saturday, that's a 10-point win for BYU. Maybe more. But they, but they didn't. So you look at that, you say, okay, let's shore that up. I thought the BYU secondary was pretty good. You know, they, Josh Rosen has one touchdown catch. It's fine. I, I need to acknowledge that. McMinn 5 said, happy Earth, Wind, and Fire Day, September 1st. There's a song. Do you remember 21st night of September? September 21st is Earth, Wind, and Fire Day? It's Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. There you go. Yeah. And Moroni Day, just saying. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Is that a reference to Captain Planet again? Are we having another Captain no, Planet reference? No, the band in the 70s. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Do you remember? <laughs> I would sing. 21st night, September. I love, I love when Ben Bagler produces like, don't sing. Don't. Don't do it. <laughs> Ratings. Everyone's turning the TV off and radio. <laughs> Uh, our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUS and join BYU Sports Nation at COT underscore BYU football. Says offense is doing well. Defense still needs to work on consistency and balance between defending passing and rushing. There were, there were just those explosive plays that UCLA had. Perkins had yeah, like big, three or four long like fo- rushes. I think at 244s and it starts had a 31-yard rush. On that last drive, there was like a 30 and a 22. BYU wrapped up, especially early in the game. They, they wrapped up at the line. They made some good defensive plays oh, against Perkins. For, first half, you give up three points. But there were the you gave up big four, plays. BYU gave up 14 points in the fourth. They hadn't allowed any points the previous two games. Bottom line, BYU has a chance to be 3-1 and one after a win at Michigan. All of you would have been just fine with that three weeks ago. Up next, Trevor Maddich of ESPN joins the conversation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right this very second on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. If you do those two things, follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. You can participate in our BYU Sports Nation Twitter contest. You can win BYU Sports Nation swag, a Lavelle Edwards signed football. The contest ends tonight, and it's this. Send in your best game day game face for a chance to win those. Did you see my game day face? I did. It looked like blue steel. Part two. So send in yours. I know it's Monday. You probably don't have the game face on right now. But if you took photos at the games the last couple weeks or at your house, hanging with the homies, send those in. You did blue steel. You did it. Oh, man. Really now? Okay. We're showing it on t- TV. Again. <sighs> you probably need it, was to un- it was an unintentional blue steel. That's how those happen, man. And I blame man. it on you for the Boise State game last year. And I blame it on you because it's your face. <laughs>
<laughs> you did it. You did this to yourself. What did you learn about BYU football in the game against UCLA as our Twitter question today? Use the hashtag BYUSN to respond. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is Trevor Maddich of ESPN College Football Insider, BYU National Champion. Trevor, how was your weekend of college football? Spencer, it was crazy, crazy. Alabama melts down and gets crushed at home. Notre Dame, with a backup freshman quarterback, beats a great Georgia Tech team. And BYU, I called them to win outright. They almost shocked the world, didn't they? They did, and it was a one-point game, and BYU led for most of that game. What sticks out to you the most as you uh, remember what happened Saturday night? How well they played. I mean, on offense especially, UCLA took away the, the deep ball. They figured that Tanner Magnum would not be able to matriculate the ball down the field just with dinks and dunks and, and be consistent enough to be able to make, make you know scoring drives that way. Well, he did. He worked the sidelines very well. The wide receivers very patient on those short outs and comebacks as they worked the ball down the field. They had three scoring drives of 10 or more plays. One of them was a 16-play drive where they moved the ball down and got a field goal. So, so I think it was a step forward for Mangum and the offense to be able to do that. Trevor, you may have already alluded to this, but I'll ask the question anyway. Are you more optimistic or frustrated about what happened with BYU on Saturday night? I'm, I'm very frustrated because the win was there to be had. But overall, I'm very optimistic just because of the nature of the, of the weekend. I mean, BYU had had two tough emotional games and had to win both of those games with their backup quarterback in. Now they go to number 10, UCLA, that a lot of people have picked to win the Pac-12 and make the college football playoff. This is a game that UCLA needed to win and look good winning because it's one of those non-conference games that they want to impress the college football playoff committee with. BYU went in there as a 16.5 point underdog and, and had that thing. I mean, they, they, they were in a game of inches where just two or three plays make all the difference. That was the difference in a game BYU was not supposed to be able to stay that close in. And the fact that they were there and didn't just look like they belonged, they did belong, was very encouraging. Yeah, I mentioned in the first segment before the season, if I had told you, Trevor, okay, T- Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams aren't going to play. Uh, in the first three games, BYU is going to trail uh, in the last minute, and they're going to play a true freshman quarterback, yet they're going to win two of those. Your reaction would probably be positive, and that's where we stand right now, right? Yeah, you'd be thrilled. You'd be absolutely thrilled. And I think the, where the frustration comes in is that it could have been 3-0. and of course, it could have been 0-3, but, you know, they made the plays that they needed to make to get to 2-1, and one. And, and you're right about that. I mean, as, as bad as this feels for BYU fans right now that they let that one slip away, uh, it, it still is very encouraging because this month of September, now going to Michigan next week, you know, to be 2-1 and one here with a chance to be 3-1 and one would put them in a position for a run at not necessarily the playoff, but a New Year's Six Bowl one of the top bowls. So BYU is in great position because they went out there and they've earned it. Trevor Mattis with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, ESPN College Football Insider. Trevor, one of the biggest concerns coming out of the first two games for BYU this season was the lack of a run game. Well, Adam Hine runs for 149 yards on 23 carries. Do you feel like BYU can get enough with Adam Hine moving forward the rest of the season because of what he did against UCLA? I think they can because they're starting to figure out what they can do. Hine 
really is not fast enough to threaten defenses on the edges. He'll get some plays out there, but what they figured out is that they're better off just running right at the defense, and a lot of their best runs came between the tackles. As a matter of fact, right up the middle over the center, Karoma. And that, I think, is a good thing to have figured out. Because, you know, once you know what your guys can do, you can call the plays that put them in the best position. And really trying to outrun people on the edge with Hine is not the best way to go. But he's shown that he is a bulldozer, a pile driver, when he goes straight downhill. And he's made some big plays in the first three weeks of the season doing just that. Okay, Twitter blew up about uh, a bunch of things, and it always does. But third and five, uh, late in the game, BYU had a chance to win the game if they score a touchdown on that drive, possibly. Robert and I calls a, a running play to Nate Carter. What did you see, and what did you think of that play? I thought it was a good call, and I don't think it was overly conservative like Twitter seems to be, seems to be thinking. Because keep in mind that BYU had gouged all three teams they've played so far, including UCLA, with runs up the middle. Remember against Boise State last week, BYU had a, a second and 20 at the 21-yard line because they were pushed back by a penalty. 21-yard line, second and 20, they ran the ball up the middle for a 21-yard touchdown. And so that was a play that there was full expectation that they could convert. And as a matter of fact, they just missed one block inside, or they probably would have converted that. And so when you add that expectation of succeeding with that play, to the fact that it takes away UCLA's greatest asset on defense in that game, which was coming with all kinds of crazy blitzes and pressure situations, which could lead to a sack, could lead to a turnover. You know, you avoid what they do best, and you do what you still do quite well, which is that run up the middle. I thought it was a good play call, and I don't think it was overly conservative at all. It's another Maddich Monday on BYU Sports Nation. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us. You pointed out that BYU's wide receivers needed to go up and beast the ball away on the show last week. Did you see what you wanted to out of the BYU wideouts on Saturday night? Yeah, I thought the receivers were magnificent because they didn't get the the easy ones where the defense didn't think that Mangum could throw the ball as far as he could. And you'd have guys running wide open behind the defense just standing in open grass waiting for the ball to come down for a 40-yard gain. On this one, they had to earn it. They had man coverage, press coverage. They were challenged physically by the UCLA secondary. They had to run outs and comebacks and hitches and and routes that caused them, or didn't cause them, but routes that meant that they would be hit as soon as they caught that ball because that's how tight the coverage was. And yet they did it over and over and over again. And a lot of these long drives came because of the chemistry and the combination of Mangum to these receivers in those routes being very patient but consistently successful. When you look at the freshman quarterback matchup, okay, obviously won by Tanner Mangum, but what stuck out the most about Tanner Mangum winning that matchup, and how did BYU neutralize Josh Rosen? Well, Mangum was – the book on him was go force him out of the pocket and don't let him go to his right because he was very, very good in the first two games at rolling to his right and then making big plays. So UCLA wanted to keep him in the pocket or make him roll to the left. Well, he still did very well in doing that. So you saw progression from Mangum, even though UCLA tried to make him do what he was doing. On the other side of the ball, BYU's defense did an excellent job of bothering Josh Rosen. In other words, giving him uh, blitzes and coverages that he wasn't comfortable with. And not necessarily getting to him and hitting him and sacking him so much as making him confused about what he saw or making him move his feet to where he couldn't just stand there and then do a snap set throw on rhythm kind of a thing. 
And so I thought that when Mangum, Mangum was bothered, and he was bothered because they made him move a lot, he still was able to complete those passes and stay focused. And when BYU bothered Rosen, Rosen didn't perform nearly as well. UCLA rushes for a net of 296 yards, including 219 from Paul Perkins of UCLA. BYU is now going to face Michigan, a run-dominant team. Smash-mouth football is back under Harbaugh at Michigan. How concerned are you about the BYU run defense after what you saw against UCLA as they now approach Michigan, who likes to run it up the gut? Well, from a coaching standpoint, what happened at UCLA is correctable. BYU gave up a lot of really long runs because guys didn't have good run fits on that play. They were slightly out of their gap. Or guys missed the tackle at the point of attack, and then it was off to the races for Perkins and those runners for UCLA. Those things are, are correctable, and really BYU normally excels at being very disciplined in their alignment and assignment. And in this game, they weren't a couple of times. Now, part of that was fatigue towards the end of the game, and you really can't coach that. This is a supremely conditioned team, BYU, but... When you're facing a team like UCLA without your best run stopper, who's who's out with an injury, their nose guard, then you know you've got to. It's just it's just kind of tough at the end of a game. But I think against Michigan, it's it's that conditioning that worries me the most. Not conditioning, but I think the pounding because they are well conditioned. They are good enough to put a good roadblock in front of that Michigan running game. In other words, to not necessarily stop it, but to not let them break out the way that Perkins and the UCLA running backs did because of, of slight mistakes. BYU is good enough to do that and correct that. The problem is after three brutal games to start September, will they be beaten down a little bit? And will fatigue cause some of the missed tackles that I believe contributed to missed tackles late in the UCLA game? So really to me, this is all about protecting their bodies in practice this week because they're good enough to be able to, to do what they need to do to beat a Michigan team that is very physical and very good, but not as talented as UCLA. Before this season, I think we thought that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan in game four might learn some things that would make them a much tougher opponent for BYU than, say, the team from last year. However, they have improved, but I have not seen a Michigan team that I think is a huge threat to beat BYU this weekend. I think BYU is the better team, and I expect them to win. How do you feel about the matchup, Trevor? I think BYU is, is vastly superior on offense. I think they've got their, their combination quarterback and receivers is much better than Michigan. The offensive line running back combination, I think, is about a wash. I mean, they're, they're both about in the same, the same game. Both sides play very, very physical defense. Don't discount Michigan's defense. They are very, very good. But I think it's the quarterback and receiver combination that gives BYU the edge here. And as long as physically they're not too pounded down from those first three games, I think BYU can go up there and win this game. Again, it's, for BYU, the, the key for them always on both sides of the ball is to make sure that if the other team makes a play, that they have to defeat a Cougar doing the right thing in the right place in order to make that play. And many of the big plays by, um, by the running game by UCLA were because there was not a Cougar in the exact right spot doing the exact right thing. And if, they're, if they are there against Michigan, then BYU has the talent to match up very well with the Wolverines. And if they come out of September at 3-1, and one, guys, that'll be a heck of a thing to crow about. Oh, BYU man. currently a five-point underdog. They've been an underdog in all of the first four weeks. Trevor Maddich is the real blue steel on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm more like taupe putty, T-A-U-P-E, <laughs> taupe putty. Trevor, great to talk to you, man. Thanks for the time. All right, guys. 
Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Staingate continues. You did it again, dude. You did it again. You, Jerem's right sleeve. What is that? Is that like chocolate? I do have a two-year-old, so I hope it's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not what you thought it was. <laughs> oh, goodness. I got to wash my clothes, I guess. I did laundry There's, last night. Yeah. Where is the, where is the bleach stick? Something. Am I going to have to start? Yeah, I'm not, are we going to have to examine my clothes before we, we go on the air now? We need to Clorox it. As, as Dave Rose once said to us while we played catch on uh, the Merritt Center lawn, this is embarrassing. <laughs> you got the mustard stain, the who knows what stain now on this shirt on the sleeve. Who knows what yeah, else is going what on? That's what's that uh, under the black light? I don't know. <laughs> and we were and on TV, we were on a shot of us. So when I checked it, you saw me checking for the first time. Man, oh I'm having a great day. Up next, Spencer Hadley in the house, former BYU NFL linebacker stand up, joins us in the studio. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Inside BYU football is every Tuesday, 7.30 Eastern time. Check it out tomorrow, what went into and happened in the UCLA game. That will be tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern time. That locker room scene, you will witness it on Inside BYU Football. The emotions, the disappointment and then the determination to turn the page and go get ready for Michigan. That's the interesting thing about reality TV is you're going to see the highs and the lows. Not everything is great, hunky-dory, you know what I mean? You're going to go in the locker room, you're going to see a little bit of what it's like in there right now. The highs and the lows, the ebbs and the flows, other things that rhyme. Unintentional. There you go. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Cougars... Drop a game to UCLA, 24-23. The 10th-ranked Bruins jump up to number 9. BYU falls three spots but remain ranked number 22 in the AP poll after a loss. BYU at Michigan will be on ABC National, noon Eastern, Saturday. Big time. Countdown to kickoff is live at 11 a.m. Eastern from Ann Arbor and Provo. Dave and Blaine will be there. And then Spencer, Brian, Michael, Elisa, and Gary Scheide in studio. And we're bringing Gary into the mix. The Sammy Ball winner, baby. There you go. Number nine, BYU women's volleyball won the Parkway Series against Utah Valley University in three sets Saturday night, led by Ronnie Jones' career-high 12 kills. Copper Hills, what's up? In cross-country, the men and women's teams both ranked in top 25. They won the West Coast Conference preview meet. Our second guest of the day in studio is Spencer Hadley joining BYU Sports. Hey, Spence, welcome to Studio B. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me in, guys. Do you have a stain on your shirt? No stains on my shirt. I don't think so. I had a fiance though, so she she helped me. I out, have a you know? wife. Maybe I need to have Uh-oh. her check me, check my clothes. No. Shoot. That's good. She doesn't scan you at the door before no. you leave. She's oh. not awake when I Let leave. Let me see your sleeve, Jerem. <laughs> Come here. Like security for me to get through. Yeah. Okay. Good All idea. right, let's start with this question about the game, Spencer. Are you more frustrated or optimistic right now about BYU football? So I have to choose one, is what you're saying. Uh, no, I frustrated obviously because it was so close. They played well. I thought they played well. Um, also frustrated, I feel like we didn't finish well. I feel like we played well through three quarters, and then the fourth quarter we really we let go of a lot of things we did well throughout the game and cost us the game. However, optimistic as well because we did play well against a great opponent. UCLA is no joke, in my opinion. I, I think that they're a great team, and we showed more flashes of brilliance throughout the game 
with a few moments of discouragement where it was really frustrating. So obviously frustrating to get the loss, to take the loss, um, but optimistic moving forward. I feel like we have a great team. I feel like um, we learned some things about ourselves, and I feel like our coaching staff will take care of those things and really help us move forward. Put on your analyst hat and let's talk about where, where you'd move forward with BYU. What did you see that you think BYU is going to work on this week uh, in preparation for Michigan? Well, I personally hope they work on tackling. Um, it, that's not just in this game. In the last couple games, uh, we've seen that as as a, a dent. In what the do the Cougars need the to do better? How do you, how do you tell someone or teach someone to tackle better? That's tough. And and as playing, I know uh, Coach Mendenhall's philosophy is kind of you either know how to tackle or you don't. And uh, so we didn't really work on a whole lot of tackling. However, my personal opinion, I disagree with that. I feel like you can learn technique. I feel like you can learn to track the hip, you know, lead with the right shoulder, extend through the, the play, you know, wrap your arms. I think wrapping up was, was an issue. Um, one of the things I really think our defense needs to work on, we're, we're really great at big plays. You know, we've had a lot of interceptions. And you see guys at the point of the attack going for the ball trying to get the ball out. And that's, that's good. You want that from your defense. That's aggressive. Trying to rip the ball out, slapping at it, punching it. But the first guy to the play should be the wrap-up guy. The second guy needs to be coming in and ripping the ball. We see a lot of times where the first guy is coming in trying to make the tackle while also punching out the ball, clubbing the ball or trying to punch it. And that, that makes you weaker as a tackler. It's easier for the running backs to break those kinds of tackles. And so I think – one of the things that we need to do as a defense is teach first guy to the ball, wrap up, hold on, let your buddies come in, and, and let them rip the ball out, gang tackling, and, and work at it that way. Spencer Hadley with us in Studio B. As we look back at BYU-UCLA on Saturday night, I want to ask you, what, what is the strongest part of the BYU defense right now? That's a painful question because I'm a front seven guy. And I'm, I'm all about the front seven. And traditionally, we've had a strong front seven. And when you look at our front seven, we have, we're littered with talent. We have, you know, Bronson Kafusi. I think our linebackers are fast, explosive. I think that we, we are very capable, extremely capable in our front seven. However, I, I believe our secondary Whoa. has. Whoa. Okay. I, I, I personally believe our secondary has outplayed our front seven in these first three games. How so? Consistently. You see, our front seven, they're great, and they play well. Now, granted, you have to put the little asterisk in there because we're missing the, the most important, our key opponent of our front seven, you know, our, our nose guard. Travis, to Travis being gone. Uh, is it of the defense as a whole? I, is he I, the most yeah. important part? In, in a 3-4 defense, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what's made our defense, especially our run defense, so strong the last several years is we've had – Great players, Fuga, Manu Maliuna, exactly, Tuiloma. exactly. Great players in that in that nose guard position, and it's difficult when you lose your first guy in the first game because your second guy, you've been getting reps in camp, but not the same amount and not the same quality of reps. And so, to ask a guy to come in and and fill in right, it it shows you you see it, and and we've seen especially when the game gets late, offenses will you see that they'll gash us, they'll big chunks of yardage or, you know, the consistent, they'll ground it on us and, and it wears on us. And it's, it's frustrating as a front seven guy to see that and to have to say that. But I think consistent play 
the secondary is, is stronger this year than our, our front seven. And rush defense certainly a concern right now. The pass defense, I think, has been pretty good, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is tied for first in the nation as a team with seven Kainakua leads the nation with four as an individual. So he's he's doing that? a lot in the secondary. In two games, Jeremy. In two games, two games. he didn't play two against games. Nebraska. Two, yeah, two games. I we're littered with talent across our defense and and big play capability. And you saw that with our linebackers too. Harvey had two picks right in this last game, and and you think, you know, you see big playability. We have athletes. They're great players. And uh, it's exciting to watch. I think our consistency needs to, which is interesting because that's Broncos bread and butter. You know, consistent, fill your gap, know your defense, know your assignment, make the play as a team. And, and it's frustrating because we don't, we don't see that as much this year as in years past. So, Which BYU player impressed you the most individually on Saturday night? Are you ready for this one? Trevor Sampson. Trevor Sampson. Three for three with the 45 long. I think. He's Mr. Consistency. Yeah. You got to love that. You need that. And, you know, he gave us a chance to win the game because of those. And huge. And, and to me, other than him, you know, you saw flashes of brilliance and, and, and then not so much. The guys would, would be there, make big plays, and then disappear. And then, but throughout the game, player of the game goes to Trevor Sampson for me. How about Adam Hine? Okay. So here, here's a guy who physically – Maybe maybe the best built offensive player we've got. You know, just he's crazy. Yeah, right. Right. And then all of a sudden, he's the running back. Algernon Brown hurts his knee, misses the game. This guy became. This guy turned into a number one running back. Um, something happened in in the fourth quarter against Boise State, and then here, what are mm-hmm. you seeing? You know, in playing against, I I know Adam. I played against him. I had to try and tackle him as he ran, <laughs> as he ran for the scout he team never jumped for, over for you. a couple of years. No, never jumped over me, but, uh, you know, I've got some, some tweaks in the neck and shoulders that probably attribute to him. Uh, <laughs> physical specimen. And, and, you know, he's fast and he's powerful. He's not an easy guy to take down, and that's what you need from a running back. You need a guy that will not be tackled by one guy, occasionally tackled by two, but it almost always takes three or four guys to get him down. And he's strong. He sees the holes well. Um, he lets plays develop. And then he, he's not crazy breakaway speed, but he's got enough speed that he gets pretty good chunks of yardage. And, and I think he played really well in this last game, and in, especially in the Boise State game in the fourth quarter, as you mentioned. Something happened to him where he either maybe has taken on the number one role or he's getting more reps and coaching. I don't, I don't know, but 149 against UCLA? No one saw this coming, that he would, one, be the number one, and have 149. BYU had a run game. That was a concern. BYU now flipping the page to Michigan, and from what we've seen, the line has floated right around BYU being a five-point underdog. The Cougars have been an underdog in every single game they have played this year. They were a seven-point dog in Nebraska, won. Three-point dog to Boise State, won that game. Almost upset UCLA at 16.5, now at five. What do you anticipate on Saturday, Spencer, as you watch BYU go play Michigan? You know, what I anticipate is that not one of the guys in the locker room will even know that, that they're an underdog, that they're a point underdog. We don't – I never knew what we were in, in a game, and, and I don't, that's not something we really stress or focus on. I don't think these guys have that mentality. Um, if they know it, it's going to make them angry. It's going to piss them off. They're going to go into the game and play real well. I don't think that uh, – personally, I don't think we are an underdog. I expect BYU to come in and win that game. I thought um, – 
I think we learned a lot about ourselves in this UCLA game that we we're we're a top tier team and we're going to contend and you know it doesn't matter who we're playing but we're going to go out there and we're going to play them tough we're going to play them hard and I I expect I expect a big game I think BYU is going to go in and take care of business I feel the same way I think that BYU is in a very confident place that yes BYU lost and yes BYU is frustrated but they're very optimistic because Tanner Mangum has shown okay I can lead this team yeah Boise State Hail Mary there was no fluke here right. right. Put him in position to win the game. Uh, there's a run game with Adam Hine. The receivers are fantastic. Now you just look at that defense and you go, okay, let's just tackle a little bit better. And we've got a good shot to win at Michigan. I'm, I think BYU feels really good and is going to have a great week of practice. I think they should. I think they should. And if they don't, then they're mistaken. Because you did you, – you talk about the Hail Mary of Boise State and Nebraska. And, and I don't think that you know a lot of – People I've talked to, I don't think those were bad balls. I think I think he threw those balls very well, put him in a great position for his his guys to go make a play. And that's as a quarterback, that's what you got to do. You got to trust your guy on the end of that throw to go up and get it. And I think he's done that very well. I think something else that we saw in this UCLA game that we didn't see quite as much before is you saw several long, methodical, sustained drives down the field that I think should give Tanner a ton of confidence going into this next game and, and the BYU offense that, hey, you know, yeah, we have big play capability, but we also have the ability to march the ball down the field. We have a run game. We've got a quarterback that is, is settling in. He's comfortable. He can, he can pick the defense apart. We can take what they give us, and we can march the ball down the field, and we can – we have an offense. We have a great offense, and, and I think that that should be very encouraging for the Cougars going into this next week's matchup. The unpredictability of college football is what makes it unprecedented and 100% fantastic. The Cougars, without Taysom Hill, without Jamal Williams, without Travis Tuilema, ranked after week three. Again, none of you said that, but we all love it. Spencer, great to have you in Studio B. By the way, I think you're rivaling Brian Logan for best beard Right oh, now, of it. the former BYU athletes. And Brian shaved, Thanks. so you win right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that title. <laughs> Spence, great to have you, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Up next on BYU Sports, <coughs> Sports Nation, I'm, I'm, losing, I'm losing it, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm losing it. You got the saying on your shirt, and I'm losing my voice. You still win. With oh, that. That's true. I do. I do win in that category. <laughs> what did you learn about BYU and UCLA? And send in your tweets, hashtag BYUSN. Up next... We dive into what you think and more of the Rose Bowl experience. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live. And you don't, but if you did. Watch right? the rebroadcast weeknights, 6 Eastern, on BYU TV. And the people that are watching in the afternoon are like, yeah, I'm watching right now. What's the point of that, that comment? BYU Sports Nation's Twitter qu- uh, contest ends tonight. You can win BYU Sports Nation swag, a Lavelle Edwards signed football. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tweet us your game day game face for a chance to win. We've had some fantastic ones so far. Send them in! And we'll announce the winner tomorrow. Okay, funny story. So I forgot to take my toothbrush with me on the trip out there. Classic. So get to the hotel, and I'm like, okay, first thing I need to do is buy a toothbrush. So I go into this little side store and grab a toothbrush and, and go to pay for it with a credit card. And the lady's like, um, I only take credit if you spend more than $10. So I'm like, so you buy? okay. So I'm like looking around the store at all this randomness, and I'm like, we need something for the set. Oh, good thing you remembered. And so what we've kind of 
gone to is is behind my right shoulder or left shoulder, depending on what you're staring at and how it works on TV. It's on the left side okay. for the TV. It's on the viewers. left side mm-hmm. for the TV viewer. Yes, we have began to establish magnets from every road trip that we go on, and I found Tanner this one. magnets. I found the Hollywood. I found the Hollywood magnet from UCLA. And I thought, okay, this should probably push me close to $10. You know, I might need to buy something else. And she's like, nope, you're good. That'll take you over it 10 was... bucks. I'm like, a toothbrush <laughs> and this magnet are more than 10 bucks? I don't think you're reimbursed for that either. So what thanks, in thanks the for world, taking one man? for the team. California. Go put it up there. Okay. Go I put will. it up there. You're going to carry the show while I do this? Yeah. Okay. You I car- did you Friday. You carry the show. Um, oh, Snapola. Okay, let's give out helmet stickers. While Spencer's putting the Hollywood magnet up there, Mr. Hollywood putting up the Hollywood magnet there, let's give out helmet stickers. Mine goes to Adam Hine, otherwise known as Adam Hine. 149 rushing, 6.5 a pop, a touchdown, a 28-yard run with that nice hurdle. BYU has a running game. If BYU can run against UCLA, they can run against every other team on that schedule. Adam Hine gets my helmet sticker. My helmet sticker goes... To Harvey Longy, who did everything on Saturday night. Two interceptions, two rushes on third down, got a first down on both of them. The second about, one. We haven't even talked about that. The second one was amazing. He was stopped behind the line. He found a way to lunge forward and get that first down. Harvey Longy, both sides of the ball, he gets my helmet sticker. Played an amazing game on Saturday night. Jan Jorgensen ran in the 09 Vegas Bowl. That was the last time I think uh, someone had a tackle and a carry in the same game is the stat I believe I saw. By the way, I heard a fantastic story from Jan Jorgensen about playing in the Rose Bowl. So in 07, in 07 he sacks. Do you know who the quarterback was? Uh, Kevin Kraft. Was it Kevin Kraft? Oh, I, thought, I, thought, I, can't, I can't remember. Was, was it Kevin Kraft? I'll look it up. I th- it might, anyway. He said he sacked. Was it, well, I think it was Ben Olsen, dude. No, 07 no? was not Ben Olsen. Okay, well, he said that he sacked Ben Olsen in one game. Did, they ever, did he ever oh, play Maybe it ben? was, actually. Maybe okay. it was. Regardless, he says he sacked Ben Olsen. Who, yeah, everyone knows. And as, as, he, as he was getting up, was like, hey, Ben, it's okay. The church is still true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was Ben Olsen. Yes. Sorry, the next yes. year in Provo was Kevin Kraft. It was Ben, it was ben Olsen. Olsen. Yeah. yeah ben Olsen it. went 13 of 28 with a pick and no touchdowns, and BYU lost that game. Same thing. BYU lost by 10 and 07. Probably outplayed UCLA and then lost again this time. When you pull up. UCLA is coming into Provo next year, by the way. I know. Compelling. Rose and Mangum, part two. Immediately after the game was over, I was like, man, come play at our house. And I was like, oh, yeah, they are. That's right. Next (laughs) year. I wish they played more often. I think it's a good series. Jim Moore and UCLA coming to Provo next year. The Rose Bowl experience, again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, amazing. You pull up, you see the, the. signage outside of the stadium and it just it's It's one of the best college football experiences ever yeah that was weird because keith jackson was there um and he was welcoming you personally he was welcome to the rose bowl touchdown for the cougars (laughs) i love keith jackson man i miss legend up next on byu sports nation we get to the whip around and who deserves our rise and shout it's off the board Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Saw a great tweet coming in from at Zach or ZGolden715 in response to our Twitter question. What'd you learn about BYU in that UCLA game? He says Tanner Mangum is the real deal. Wait to the say kid that. is well, poised, professional, and adapts to his situation. Like this one. Let's whip it! Yeah! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU falls to 10th ranked UCLA, 24-23. BYU dropped three spots in the AP poll, 19-22. Dropped out of the coach poll. Who cares about that one? BYU at Michigan will be on ABC National, noon Eastern this Saturday. 
Countdown to kickoffs live at 11 a.m. Eastern from Ann Arbor and Provo. Defensive lineman Travis Tuiloma tweeted this weekend he is hopeful about his injury and may return to play earlier than originally thought. Will he start against Michigan? Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summer has finished under five, tied for 41st. Zach Blair shot one under and tied for 53rd in the BMW Championships this weekend. Summer has finished just two points short of qualifying for the PGA Championship. Jared. Baseball! Jacob Brugman went one for five Friday night and helped the Midland Rockhounds win the Texas League Championship 7-0 in double-A ball. Congrats. Golf! The Cougars tee off today at the Husky Invitational. The tournament will be played through tomorrow. Cougars in the CFL, eh? Former Cougar John Beck left the game Friday with a pectoral injury in the BC Lions 23-35 loss to the Calgary Stampeders. Good luck to Beck. Men's volleyball. Sounds like such a manly injury. Got a pectoral injury. I was just lifting too much. Uh, pectoral injury. Team USA lost to Poland in four sets this weekend in the FIVB World Cup. Former Cougar Taylor Sander had 10 kills and a block. Team USA now 8-1 and one in the tournament. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to Jeffrey Fuller. Yeah, yeah. Member of BYU Sports Nation from Birmingham, Alabama. He was the guy flying the stretch Y on ESPN's college game day, putting the Cougs on blast. He made all those signs, too. Were those real missionaries? I couldn't tell. If so, they had a very different mission than what I had. Well done, Jeffrey. (laughs) We appreciate the effort. Now to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. What did you learn from BYU football's game against 10th-ranked UCLA on Saturday? At Haley underscore Rogers says, Gosh, I'm frustrated because we didn't get the win, but... We learned that Tanner Mangum is the best freshman quarterback out there. Well, then. Notre Dame has one, too. Mm. Just saying. Watch out. How about that? This competition. How about that? Our elite tweet of the day from at Max J. Isaacson. Jaron Jordan should forget to cut his hair. I would like what he looks like at the end of the season with his hair down around his shoulders. I want to play intramural flag football still, so I'll probably have to cut it. When, some, when we were up by 10, BYU's the 10th, they said, I want some of Jaron Jordan's curly locks. Has he not cut them all year? Someone in the stand? I love it so much. Thanks to Trevor <laughs> Maddich, Spencer Hadley, and everyone. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Chris Newell.